Have you guys ever noticed that in the Bible, there aren't specifics about what the women looked like? In today's episode of the Oh Beloved One podcast, I want to take a different approach to the idea of biblical beauty. I feel like there are some topics that are spoken on so much, and rightly so, because they're super important. And the topic of biblical beauty is so, so important to me. So I'm a writer. I've That was always my number one dream. I've always wanted to be an author. I started out writing creative things, still love fiction, but I actually write more nonfiction today, which is kind of sad. But anyway, since I was a, a spy, an aspiring author, I actually noticed when I was little, I thought it was always weird that the Bible doesn't give descriptions of people. And as a kid, I found it really frustrating because in books, my favorite part is when they are, you know, creating this image for you of what the character looks like. I love books from the 1700s and 1800s because they just, they, they explain people unlike anything else. I mean, I rarely find a book written past 2000 where I think this was just a beautiful description. I mean, these people are just so talented at describing how people look and using it to highlight their character. So as a kid, when I would read stories, I would look for that. And this was David, and he had this color hair, and this shape of nose, and you know, he had like a, a nice jawline, blah, 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 blah. And I thought it was weird that they would be so nondescript and the Bible would just say he was a good looking guy, you know? And I thought that was so upsetting <laughs> because again, I really wanted an image of him. But now as I read through the Bible and as I still read through these stories, I think that there is something we can take away from this. All scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for correction and righteousness. And I think even in this, there is a lesson. There is no physical, biblical beauty standard. That's probably a controversial statement, and people can take that out of context as they will. But I just want to go over some of the beautiful women in the Bible and talk about how God... The Bible just says that they were beautiful or gives other things, but it does not say... Hey, she has this color hair. She is this size on a clothes rack. She, you know, has this these kind of features to her body. Like, who knows? I mean, I don't know about you, but all the women of the Bible, I always imagine them being absolutely beautiful. But in fact, I can guarantee that, and I'm going to actually say, I think that the majority of them probably were not beautiful. Because let's just look at Jesus. The Bible literally says that he had no form nor comeliness that men would desire, which um, in the KJV, I'm paraphrasing that a little, but I never quite understood what that meant. Um, and some people still just kind of glance over that verse, but it literally means that he was not attractive. Because the thing is, Jesus didn't come to be attractive to the world. People are drawn to follow leaders who are attractive. They are, I mean, who do you follow on Instagram, right? 
I want to follow the pretty people, the fitness bloggers, the nutritionists who have everything together and have that beauty standard. But the beauty standard in the Bible is so, so different. So let's get into this. I want to start out with, I was just thinking of people and I thought of Sarah. So here's her description. Abraham told her, you are a woman beautiful in appearance. Quite a compliment. (laughs) And then the Egyptians, the Bible says that the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Now, let's take a look at Sarah. The pros of, now, for me, when I think of Sarah, I think of a beautiful person. And I was trying to think of why. Um, because there, there is something about her that the Bible records and it's when she laughs because she overhears Abraham's conversation and they're saying that Sarah's going to give birth to a child and Sarah just laughs because she's like, um, in case you haven't noticed, I am super old. There is no way that's going to happen. That's hilarious. Um, and God calls her out because of that. But there are pros. In Genesis 17, 15 through 17, God told her that he would bless her. He promised that he would make her not barren. And you end up seeing her character develop. You end up seeing that she learns to trust God. And honestly, I want to believe that when God told Abraham to pack up and leave, that Sarah was supportive of that. Now, I can't guarantee that I... The Bible does not say that, but I still think of her as a beautiful person because she was the mother of Israel. She was the mother of the nation. And, you know, a lot of times I I hear that quote that says behind every, you know, strong man is a strong woman, which is, it can be very feminist. But I do believe that men who are successful do have a godly woman behind them supporting them. At least um, Christian men would have this godly woman behind them, supporting them, helping them, and encourage them. So next, let's go to Rachel. Genesis twenty nine seventeen says she was beautiful in form and appearance. Again, does not give any standards. Now, Rachel, though, let's, let's flip this, okay? So the Bible says that she was beautiful in form and appearance. Who knows what that exactly meant? But Rachel is not a beautiful person. I tried to look for pros about her character, but I couldn't really find any. In fact, she was crazy jealous. Crazy jealous of her sister because Rachel was barren, but her sister Leah was not. And Rachel just absolutely had to have a child, had to have a child. Was so, so broken by this. So she ended up going ahead of God. She did not trust his timing. She also gave her son bad advice. She literally told him to lie to his father. She stole her other son's birthright. I mean, can you imagine having a mom that is that against you? So although she was a beautiful person, um, and in Rachel's case, I do not doubt that everyone noticed that she was beautiful. But she did not have a good heart. People, or women, I want to say, talk about Proverbs 31 all the time. You guys have heard about it. The Proverbs 31 woman is God's plan for beauty. And she, she, this Proverbs 31 woman is hardworking. She is trustworthy. She loves her family. She is kind to her servants and the people around her. 
She is savvy, intelligent, loving. It says that beauty is fleeting and vain. But a woman that fears the Lord is what God wants. So we do not see this in Rachel. We instead see this jealousy. We see that she doesn't trust his timing. So she was not a Proverbs 31 woman. And in God's eyes, it did not matter that she, you know, was said to be beautiful in form and appearance because God does not look on the outside. He looks on the inside. I love, I wish I had looked it up before, but there is a verse in 1 Samuel. And um, let's hear. Samuel is trying to find out who's going to be the next king after Saul. And God says, that guy. And it's a little shepherd boy. And Samuel is like, are you kidding me? Like, he is so small. And God, God kind of, I don't know. He like tells him like it is. He says, you know what, Samuel? I don't look on the outside. I look on the heart. And Samuel's like, oh, gotcha. Sorry. Hi there, beloved ones. I hope that this podcast episode is just a breath of fresh air for you right now. I know that it really did my heart good just to remind myself of these things that we know, but really, really have to preach to ourselves. If you need more help on this topic, or if you are really enjoying this and just want to further dive into this, I would love to recommend that you hop on over to our shop at obelovedone.com shop and look up our book, The Apple and Eve. The subtitle is Health, Body Image, and Food Matters. I wrote this book last year when I was facing my own body image issues and health issues, and so everything that is in that book is just from experience. It's things I'm still learning, but it is just really, really helpful. It's a book that attempts to give you a solid biblical foundation when you're coming to food. Whether you're struggling with anorexia, stuck in a cycle of cookie binging, or facing health issues, this book will help you be reminded that food is a gift subject to God's ordinances. You can purchase a copy. There will be a link in the show notes for you, or again, you can visit obelovedone.com shop, and it is in the shop for you. And you can purchase a digital copy for just $5. There are nine chapters, and it is just a book full of wisdom. A lot of my friends have gotten it, and they have just been so excited that it's been very helpful for them. So I hope that that is a resource that will really, really help you. Now back to the episode. So let's move on to Esther. The Bible says in Esther 2.7 that she had a beautiful figure and was lovely to look at. Now let's start with the cons because I never noticed this before, but I just read the whole book of Esther last month and it was such a blessing. I read it with She Reads Truth. You guys should definitely look into their subscription box. If you have, you know, $20 a month to set aside, it is so, so, so worth it. Very cool. But I never noticed that there's a character arc. So at the beginning of the story, she she just seems like that quiet, insecure orphan. The Bible says that she was overwhelmed with fear and deeply distressed in Esther 4.4, which I had never noticed before. But she was she was fearful just like we are sometimes. She started out as an orphan. And she hid her heritage. She hid that she was Jewish. She hid that she believed in the Lord God Almighty, which was a con. Um, I like to compare her to Daniel, but the difference is that Daniel made his faith known. He was not ashamed of his faith. He would not eat the portion of the king's meat and defile himself. 
and they all they knew that he was a Christian. Esther hid it though. Uh, but you see, over the course of time, she grows so much. So, what she ends up doing is, and God uses her beauty. He does. He uses her beauty to get her into the palace and to put her in this position where she can save her people. She also used her womanly strategy to save her people. You see her, and this, this was not being manipulative, you have to see the heart behind this because it could be seen as manipulative, but it wasn't. She was very thoughtful about how she approached the king. She was very thoughtful about how to present this idea to him. She gave him, um, I believe it was two or three feasts before she presented the question and the accusation to get in his good graces. She also stepped into becoming a leader she sent word to Mordecai to organize a fast. She said, I'm going to fast, me and my ladies-in-waiting, and you tell all the other people to fast too. And at the end of this fast, I'm going to go in there, and if I perish, I perish. She really, really grew. I also appreciate that she respected Mordecai. Um, the Bible says that she heeded him as she always had, so there was respect in her, which is super important, of course. And then she also... She put her life on the line to save her people. You know, like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if she is beautiful or not. This woman used her position for God's will. She became a leader. She was respectful. And she grew in bravery and in fear of the Lord and saved how many thousands of people because of this. Now, one of my favorite Bible characters is Abigail. There's not a lot in the Bible about her, but what there is, I'm excited to meet Abigail because I think she is a boss lady. Like, this woman gets things done. She reminds me of Esther. Both of them seem to have husbands that were very hard to get along with. Um, King Ahasuerus was Esther's husband, and I never noticed this either, but now I did, that, I mean, he got mad at a party, and he got rid of his queen. He, Haman kind of buttered him up and the king said, here's my ring, sign, make whatever law you want to. And he just seemed very flippant of his power. And he even does the same thing eventually with Esther. He says, okay, here's my ring, sign whatever you want. He just seems like a very almost bipolar person, just very, very um, not solid so with Abigail, she had a very difficult husband. I believe his name was Naboth. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 25, 4, that she was discerning and beautiful. So she used her womanly wisdom, again, like Esther did, and strategy to talk David down. She was so brave, guys. I love this story. She literally, she found out that David was basically coming to murder her husband. And she rode a donkey to meet David and his men. And I wish I had written down how many men there were, but it was quite a few. This woman was so brave to go and talk to David. She was humble, too. She apologized for her husband. She didn't say, he, this man, is absolutely stupid. Like, I, I don't want you to kill him, but he is really stupid and blah, blah, blah. She did not talk badly about him. She apologized for him. She was humble, and David even saw that. And that probably made her even more beautiful as well. The Bible also talks about how she handled her harsh husband well. 
we will always have difficult people in our lives and the way that we handle difficult people is more important than the way that we handle people who are nice to us, right? The Bible says that of course we're going to be nice to people that are nice to us. Even the Gentiles do that. What is really big of us is when we are kind to the people who are mean to us or even hate us. That is what sets us apart. That is what makes us beautiful. And I think the Proverbs 31 woman would be very proud of that. She would totally be for that. Now, the last one that I wanted to talk about was Mary. I love Mary's song that she sings in, I believe it's Luke 1. Yeah, it's called the Magnificat. Um, So let's start with her description. The Bible says that she was a virgin, so she was pure. She had self-control. I love that the Bible talks about how she pondered these things in her heart. She had a beautiful relationship with her God. She was a very thoughtful girl, even though she was so young. The Bible calls her, O favored one. And Gabriel tells her that she is blessed among women. So the Bible doesn't straight out um, say that she is beautiful. But I don't care what this woman looked like. I think Mary was absolutely amazing. As a kid, I didn't realize that Mary most likely was engaged at a very young age, and she had to go through all of this at a very young age. I mean, can you imagine becoming pregnant and your parents are just so embarrassed? They don't believe that you have kept yourself pure, and you became an outcast. I'm sure the whole town, you walk outside holding your little belly, and people are just looking at you and whispering And maybe she even felt like she was crazy sometimes, you know? Maybe she thought, is this, did this really happen? Did God really come and tell me, or the angel, did the angel really come and tell me that I'm going to have a son and he will be Jesus Christ? Is this really worth it? Mary was thoughtful and she trusted God. I mean, just look at her song in Luke 1. She knew her God. In fact, I'm going to read it to you guys because I just love this so much. I think, was it this past Christmas? I memorized most of it. I think like for a couple hours, I knew the whole thing. I don't know why it just like slipped out of my head pretty fast, but um, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Can you imagine calling, you know, getting pregnant at 15, supposedly by the power of the Holy Ghost, great things? Like, this was not an easy task. Let's continue on. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, 
and to his offspring forever. This is a girl that though she was young, she knew her God. And that is so, so powerful. I think Mary was an absolutely beautiful person. And the thing that we can learn from all these women is we don't need to know what they looked like. I mean, let's think about Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Who knew what she looked like? But when push came to shove, she told the men, hey, you know what? My entire town is terrified of you guys. And we are very, very certain that you guys serve the living God. And when the battle comes, I want to be on you guys' side. She hides them. She gives them advice. She lies for them. She does all these things to make sure that they are safe and to prove that she is on the Lord's side. And I think that makes her a beautiful person. Her past was not beautiful. A lot of these women do not have a great past. Not A lot of these women, in fact, there's not much said about them, honestly. Like I said, Abigail, there is not much in the Bible about her. But the things that we do know are there for a reason. And I think we can really learn something from these. The biblical beauty standard is that we fear God. It's that we are humble before him and that we fear the Lord above all else. God says that an excellent wife is far more precious than jewels. That is that is just so, so big to me. What in your life do you think is more precious than jewels? Is it beauty? Is it health? Is it having a boyfriend or stable finances? God says that being an excellent woman is far more precious than jewels. We should be people who are trustworthy. We should be people that do fellow humans good, no harm, all the days of our life. We should be women who are hardworking, not lazy. That might even look like keeping your room or your apartment clean, you know? She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household. She takes care of people. We are maternal by nature. We cannot be ashamed of that, guys. We as women were meant to take care of people. And you see that in these positive characters of the Bible, these positive women. They care for people. It says she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She opens her hand to the poor. She is giving to people. She notices people that need help, hospitable. She is prepared. The Bible says she is not afraid of snow, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. We, because people hang out with us, they should be better people. I will never forget this quote someone told me. They said that in life, we are either pushing people towards God or away from him. There is no in-between. And that literally changed how my conversations go. When I heard that quote, I just, I have not forgotten it. It's so important to start God conversations with fellow Christians or to start gospel conversations with people who aren't saved. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. The Bible says that she is strong. I know 
we talk about women being weak a lot because the attributes that are ascribed to us are often considered lesser. Because we aren't as strong as men, women like to think that that means that we are just naturally more weak and we need to fight about that. We don't have to fight about that. That's nothing to be ashamed of. We don't have to be as strong as men. And there, there are some women that are as strong as men, and that's totally great. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is in her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. People should rise up and call us blessed and praise us, not because we want to be, we have a big ego or we want to be bragged about, but because when we live life with these characteristics of the Proverbs 31 woman, people can't help but see God in our lives because we are actually reflecting God. What's wrong about being kind or caring for people or making people better? Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. What we reap, we sow. If we spend two hours in the morning doing our makeup but cannot fit in five minutes of Bible, it's, it's gonna show. It's gonna make us unlovely people. People might want to hang out with us because we are beautiful, popular, rich. I mean, think about the the son in that parable about how he wants his inheritance and he wants it now. And so his father reluctantly gives it to him and he goes and spends it and he gets all these friends and he's popular and life is great, right? But as soon as he runs out of the money, the people are gone. As soon as beauty fades, fake people are gone. As soon as popularity fades, fake friends are gone. At the end of the day, we have to remember like in Ecclesiastes, youth fades, beauty fades. And there are people in my life who I have had to watch, you know, go through this. And it's hard. I, I can't imagine. And I mean, we're going through this right now, right? As soon as we take our first breath in the world, we are dying. It's really, really morbid, of course, to think about. But it's part of life. And we don't have to be afraid of that. Beauty is not the end-all be-all. God can and will use you, regardless of what you look like. He has your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, no matter what you look like, okay? No matter what health problems you're going through that give you red rashes, no matter what health problems that you're going through that make you so that you don't have a lot of energy and you can't go out with people and love on them, you still have a purpose, Maybe you have to be a little bit imaginative about that. But the thing is, too, we have to remember that God loves us and there are people around us that love us. Again, we do not have to be the most beautiful women on planet Earth. There is a matter of being responsible, of course, there, and there's nothing wrong with wearing makeup or doing your hair. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that a woman that fears the Lord shall be greatly praised. And fearing God... And our heart and what's inside of us is far more important to God than anything else. 
he couldn't care less if we have the perfect Gen Z middle hair part and the boyfriend jeans and we have the new white sneakers and we just look the part. Because God sees the inside better than anyone else and that's what he cares about. And I'm so, so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that God just doesn't look for pretty vases to use. 2 Corinthians 4 says that God makes us weak vessels because he wants us to depend on us. If we had everything we needed, we would not have enough room in the vase for him. <laughs> we would have filled it with dirt and soil and, and flowers, and it would be overflowing. Overflowing with emptiness, I want to say. So guys, I hope that that was really encouraging to you, and I hope that you don't read stories about women in the Bible the same again. I hope that you notice when the Bible says that they're beautiful, but does not give, you know, specifics. Because, thank God, <laughs> there are no biblical beauty standards physically, besides being responsible, taking care of yourself as much as you can, and then, of course, all those inward things that we could talk about for literally hours. And there are so many podcasts. I just wanted to give you guys like a fresh take on it. And of course, we had to include Proverbs 31 because that is the classic passage. And it is so, so good. So guys, thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen. We post every week, and there's more content like this. We've been doing this for a couple months now. We also have a website, obelovedone.com. Make sure that you check it out. And follow us on Instagram. We have a lot of fun over there. Post beautiful new images and original content and update you guys about when our magazine releases, which comes out every other month and is free online. So we are on Instagram at beloved.magazine. <laughs>